day, Team Hope do it. Hey, great. Yeah, happy hump day. Yeah, just got to get through. Hey, yeah, exactly. So, uh, we win or Oprah, sure. Well, we can go ahead and dive right in, right? Want to be conscious of time? Hey, can everyone see my screen? Great. So, Team, hey, why are we here? <laughs> Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, January 31st, 2024. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Yeah, podcast listeners, yeah, this is for you. <laughs> Next to him, it's the bearded one, my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey, I'll- hey yo. And over yonder, the man making the magic happen, super producer, J.D. Hello. There he is, here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live. Take a second, hit the like button, make sure you subscribe. Podcast listeners, do us a favor, leave us a five-star rating and review. We had another wedgie. Wedgie number 29 on the season. It was bogey here in Atlanta, down at the Fortress. Three-point <laughs> shot, sticks it. We had Bob and Neek talking about it even. Yeah, Bob asked podcast. Neek, how does this happen? He said, well, when you shoot to the left there, that's right. Bob, that's what happens. So, wedgie number 29, wedgie tracker has been updated, and look at that pace, 53, okay. if uh, things keep up at this clip. So, good stuff. Um, a little later in the show, we'll talk about the Rising Stars rosters. They've been announced. Steph versus Sabrina, that's officially a go. And a bunch of other news, but some games last night, and we start with the uh, unfortunate news. Let's just jump right into it. Joel Embiid suffers a knee injury in the final minutes of the 76ers' loss to the Warriors with about four minutes to go, guys. Embiid stripped by Kuminga, you know, while backing down Draymond Green. Embiid dives for the loose ball, sort of gets caught between his legs. Kuminga jumps on top of it, dives for it. He lands right on Embiid's left leg. He immediately clutches at it. He's down in some agony, and then he exits the game. Doesn't return, of course. And we didn't even know if he was going to play coming into this game. Had missed a couple prior. Gives it a go. I don't know what you thought, how he looked in the game. Sure didn't look like the explosive MVP Embiid we've seen earlier in this year and last year. But yeah, here we go. Amidst all the talk about this 65-game threshold rule, that Halliburton was already, you know, complaining about and pointing out, what are we doing this for? And now we have Embiid here. So I guess uh, good news, it wasn't Draymond Green falling on Embiid's leg, or we would be taking two of the biggest storylines and mashing them together. But yeah, Embiid uh, out in this one. Yeah, it was the same knee that kept him out the last two games. That left knee was such an odd play where he was down on the ground, didn't suffer the injury to that point, but then Jonathan Kaminga jumps on his leg, and obviously... It's that same knee, but Nick Nurse says it's not the same injury. It's very different. Let's go to Trey Kirby because this is your background. As you talk, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Well, I think it's going to be a knee injury for Embiid. <laughs> <laughs> and if I'm making a guess, I'll go with a sprained MCL. Just mm. saying, just saying, just a pure guess. But that looked like where it happened. Just a freak thing, and we see it happen a lot. Guys diving on the floor. Usually, it's one guy standing up and a knee gets rolled into like this happened to Kevin Durant a couple of times right. but this was kind of a weird one both of them on the floor and the way Kaminga landed on Embiid just bent his knee the wrong way couldn't have helped that he's been dealing with a little bit of knee soreness he came in like you're saying Skeets questionable he did not look great in this game no but I'll say Embiid in general when he returns from an injury usually looks pretty out of rhythm but he definitely looks right. out of rhythm right. uh tonight but uh yeah it just it just sucks Sam Amick at the Athletic today compared him to Yao Ming and I think that's pretty accurate. It's like when he's out there, Embiid is absolutely dominant, but the reliability is always a concern. This one is not his fault, though. That's just 
bad luck. And bad luck injuries have happened to Joel Embiid quite a few times in his career. Of course, you know, Sixers fans, NBA fans, a lot of people saying he shouldn't have been playing, period. He said he wanted to give it a go. But if you watch the game, yeah, definitely had very little lift, sort of protecting the baskets. And then on offense, he was settling. I mean, it looked like a guy was like, I'll just take the jumper, I'll take the three, and no, like, attacking one-on-ones, no real driving. Just didn't have that sort of... uh, you know, drive there. And maybe it was just conditioning. He had missed some games. And you said it, TK. We've seen this before. But that's what's going on here. A lot of people saying he was pressured into playing. Uh, either himself for wanting maybe another MVP to hit the 65-game mark or this whole thing of the narrative that he dodged the Denver game and he's got to get back. Do you have a, a take on, on this? Because this is what's happening here. You're going to see it on every show here today. Whether the 65-game threshold, that eligibility rule... Is it going to be a one-and-done thing and we're going to get rid of it because of situations like this? It's possible that we could get rid of it, but I don't think Joel Embiid was pressured to play in any way. And he was only pressured to play in 20 minutes, but he played until the end of the game. If you want to get to that threshold, you just have to play in 20 minutes and you can get off. So I don't think they're doing any sort of math there. He was playing until the last minute. And yes, he looked rusty. It happens with Joel Embiid. Look at at him every single postseason. We, I am not a doctor. We are not doctors here, even though Trey's got a little bit of background, uh, as he talked about in the on our, on our G League game, our G League broadcast. But he looked off because he hasn't been on the floor in five days. Every single postseason, every single postseason, he looks a little off. He'll miss a game or two. He's missed five, uh, games in five of his six postseasons. And he just doesn't look great at the end of the year. Maybe it's Yao Ming-like, but he's just, he is rusty and... Maybe thankfully, Kaminga kind of landed on his tibia a little bit lower than the knee, and so it wasn't like a blowout. It wasn't a hyperextended knee, that's for sure. MRI but, coming today for sure. Yeah, yeah. Nurse will be there and have to answer it. He didn't look very happy. Nick Nurse did not seem very happy talking about it afterwards. He looked frustrated because he has to answer every single time. Hey, hey, what about that MVP thing? Hey, what about that MVP thing? Is he going to play games? But Embiid misses games every single season. Yeah. Every single season. Uh, So they are obviously trying to make him feel the best as possible. ESPN's Ramona Shelburne reported that the knee injury is something Embiid and Philadelphia will have to manage for the remainder of the season. Before this, so this idea that he's like had a knee injury for possibly weeks, Trey. And it's not just over the last couple days and that's kept him out. It maybe just got worse or whatever. But that this is an issue, maybe because of his size, (laughs) being a giant-ass dude, that is just something he's going to have to manage. But, yeah, we just sort of wait and see here across our fingers that it's nothing severe. He's going to miss more time. You can probably take him out of the running now for all NBA, for MVP. You know, he only has to miss, what, five more games before he's not eligible for any of that. And... Yeah, this again happens on the day where Tyrese Halliburton is saying, this is a stupid rule, this 65-game thing. Now, he's got a whole lot more money on the line. He's got less games to even miss here now. We saw him play, hit his sort of 20-game or 20-minute mark last night in the loss to the to the Celtics, but he thinks it's bad. So, it's 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 tough, right? I saw Zilla write about it. I thought he nailed it. He said By putting teeth behind the participation policies, the league is not just creating an environment where healthy players suit up. They've created an environment where banged-up stars are encouraged to play hurt. And that's, uh, you know, again, the double-edged sword maybe with this this rule. And we'll see if they they keep it, I guess, is uh, moving forward. We'll see if they keep it. um, Because at the end of the year, it will look weird if Tyrese Halliburton and Joel Embiid are not on all NBA teams. 
understandable if they're not in MVP voting. It's hard to win an MVP if you don't play more than 65 games. Like Embiid played 66 last year, second fewest games ever that an MVP has played in a season. There kind of already is a cap there, but the All-NBA stuff I do think is going to look strange if you look back at the season and Embiid and Halliburton are not amongst the top 15 players in the league. We will all know that's a lie. Mm-hmm. Um, right. If they play, let's say, 55 to yeah, 60 exactly. games. Like, exactly. I think we all agree if you don't play, like, if you only play 35 games. It's different, for sure. Yeah, yeah then yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. okay, you, yeah, it's tough. I mean, you got to be available to win these awards. But, yeah, you're right. If you're around the threshold and it's a major injury or two, then that sucks. Yeah, but stars have been playing banged up for a long, long time. Kobe Bryant became famous for all yeah. of the injuries that he would play through. It's just a different era right now, and... These are some of the consequences of the 65-game threshold. Though, like I said, I don't really think that Embiid forcing his way back onto the court, if that's what it was, is the reason for this injury. This is literally just bad luck. A guy fell on his leg. Yeah, I do think just watching him in this game, you know, before the injury happened, I thought, well, he's, he just doesn't look into it every single position. He was on defense where he jumped at one point, no contact, and he fell down to his butt. Look like again something had flared up with his legs. He wasn't going hard to the bucket on the offensive end. Yeah, this is the Joel Embiid of old. It's 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 just how his body works. Uh, unfortunately, and we're going to see him in the postseason when his numbers will probably go down a little bit, like they have every single postseason, and his minutes will probably go down like they have every postseason. It just sucks. It just sucks to try and keep him as healthy as possible. Although he's he's gotten better and better and better and better and better. Um, it's just the nature of Embiid's knees, really. So again, at some point today, we will learn the severity of this injury after the MRI results. Um, you know, they're on the West Coast, I guess, out there right now. So maybe a little bit later uh, than than normal if he was here on the East Coast. Uh, any thoughts on the Warriors' win or anything else from this game? I mean, no Maxi in this as well for the Sixers. They're, you know, they're sh- shorthanded. Yeah, everybody is hurt on that team. But the Warriors, good win. Curry looked great. Oh, yeah. Wiggins looked great again. Kaminga yeah. looked solid. They're making this play in tournament. They look like a different team now that they've. Gotten Jay Bra- Draymond Green back into the starting lineup. They've let him go in there because he is their heart. He is their soul on the defensive end. They look like they're playing defense. Starting beside him are Kuminga and Wiggins. Kuminga is guarding the other team's best offensive player, and he's doing a decent job at it, that's for sure. Andrew Wiggins looks like a new player. All of a sudden, coming off a 22-point game, scoring 23 in this game. I just love how... He's taking back cuts on Draymond's passes. He's dribbling minimally, but he'll pull it up and drive to the hoop. He's doing a lot, uh, and he, he's coming off a great defensive game, I thought, against uh, D'Angelo Russell and the Lakers. He's feeling good, and Kuminga, obviously, uh, it was it was cool to see Draymond Green with that defensive rebound. Kuminga starts sprinting. Curry gets the ball and just leads him with a beautiful pass. Kuminga's playing hard. They're all playing hard, and they have injuries too. When Chris Paul comes back, uh, when Gary Payton the second comes back, Clay obviously sat out this one. They're feeling pretty, pretty good. Other than when Corey Joseph plays, uh, just just roll with Lester Quinones already. Uh, <laughs> it, it looks it looks bad out there what with Joseph, but they have they have enough guys. They they look more like the team that had the urge uh, the last few years. Yeah, any takeaways from the game itself? <laughs> Hasn't been said yet. Steph Curry's awesome. <laughs> 37 points, just dagger after dagger from this guy. But the key to me is Draymond being back. He definitely helps defensively, but the passing is next level with Draymond. And that's part of the reason why Kaminga's been having this run of great games here. And part of the reason Wiggins looks like a player again. 
<clears throat> 32 assists last night for the Warriors. Draymond, I think, only had six of them, but four of them were for layups or dunks. Two of them were for Curry threes. Those are the most efficient shots in the game, and Draymond is hunting those out. He's just such a smart player that he makes their offense so much better, and then he can just yell at those wings to be in the right places defensively. Also, hardly any Kavon Looney in this game, which yeah. I think was big for the Warriors. They need to rest that guy up as much as possible because he just... He's slow right now, and he needs to take a little bit of a break. So good stuff uh, from the Warriors. I thought the Sixers looked the best when they were playing small last night. That's maybe a criticism that you could have for Nick Nurse. And Bede maybe didn't need to come back in in the fourth quarter because they were kind of rolling without him. Yep, that's a good point. Moving on, uh, the New York Knicks, man, they're on fire. They won their eighth straight game last night. They finished January 14-2 by beating the Jazz 118-103. No Randall, of course, out with his injury. No OG in this one, who's been a monster when it comes to them on the defensive end and his plus-minus through the roof since he's joined the Big Apple. Uh, and it doesn't matter because Dante DiVincenzo's hitting nine threes and you got all these Villanova Wildcats running wild. And, uh, I mean, I want January to end. I'm officially over it. Uh, happy to see February tomorrow, but I don't think the Knicks do because, again, what a month where they are playing just their best basketball of the season, no matter who's in the lineup. Yeah, they've got the best defense of the league in January. It's been a very good month. Obviously, uh, OG sitting out, Julius Randle sitting out, you think. Ah, maybe maybe they won't be great. Uh, but obviously, yeah, DiVincenzo had a different idea with nine, nine threes. <laughs> and Josh Hart joining the starting lineup, which sparks the discussion, will they trade for Bruce Brown when they have mm. a, a Josh Hart who is like a... a <laughs> Bruce very, Brown at home? Yeah, um, <laughs> he's, he's fine. Uh, Josh Hart's fine. But the number three seed is theirs. They, they just went and stole it um, uh, from from the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, they're just playing extremely hard, even without OG and Randall, who you think, oh, that's that's their heart, uh, kind of, you know, as their forwards. They got depth. They have plenty of depth. And everybody from Precious Achua to Isaiah Hartenstein playing really hard and really well. Yeah, Jericho Sims, I thought, looked really good in this game. Taj Gibson is back with the Knicks <laughs> like he never left. We want Taj. <laughs> yeah, that's we right. We want Taj. Mm-hmm. Tom's like, yeah, me too. <laughs> he gave, gave him the- his own ovation. <laughs> yeah. That was amazing. Uh, great stuff. You can tell the Knicks are really connected uh, yeah. right now. 29 assists last night, five turnovers. DiVincenzo and Hart, they're both just really good cutters, and they're right now with the Knicks, if you're open, you're getting the ball. I thought they were really smart attacking in the second half because uh, the Jazz finally started doubling Jalen Brunson, basically doing anything to get the ball out of his hands because he was cooking. But they are playing four on three after that, New York was. Isaiah Hartenstein was finding guys for layups. Uh, it looks like a fun environment to be playing with the Knicks. They've got yeah. quite an identity right now. Yeah. I don't know what their starting lineups are going to look like because without OG out as well, they went big with Achua starting next to Hartenstein, but that's against a team in the Jazz that starts two bigs as well. So I don't know who will be the fourth, the four basically for New York when it comes. Probably, probably OG at the four. I yeah. imagine when he's healthy again. Yeah. But uh, the Knicks were great last night. They were in transition all night long. Twenty-four fast break points, sixty-two points in the paint. The Jazz can't stop anybody inside, despite having two huge dudes. And then fourteen offensive rebounds for the Knicks. They forced fourteen turnovers. They dominated this game. Jalen Brunson, after missing two games like in the middle of January, uh, he's played in eight straight. He's averaging 31.6 points per game, shooting 53% from the floor, 41.5% from deep. He's great at the line, getting there a lot, seven attempts plus a game, 84% there, seven assists, four boards. You know, he, he gets you know, he doesn't like rack up the defensive stats, but you know, helping out there, doesn't turn the ball over a whole lot for a point guard. Just 
elite point guard play here for New York. He's going to be named an all-star on Thursday night. You know, a lot of people, including myself, thinks he probably should have been starting uh, the game, but he'll be there, his first appearance, and they're just feeling so good, yeah. It's almost like, yeah, the idea of trading for like a Bruce Brown or another sort of defensive-minded guy that would make sense with Tibbs, sure, but it's like, oh, man, this is, don't don't rock the boat here. I mean, you got a nice thing going right now, even with the injuries to some of their key guys. Just everybody playing hard. I like, you know, like Hart, he had a triple double, didn't he? Mm-hmm. The 10, yeah. 10, and 10 triple double. I think he's the 10th player ever to have the 10, 10, 10, the perfect trip dub. No one else can ever do it. No, I know. We got to leave it there. <laughs> Call it there. Uh, anything else on, on the Knicks here? Nope. I think they're, uh, I think they've got everything uh, right now. Other than, yeah, the Julius Randle injury obviously is disappointing. But it's nice, I guess, that it falls within the All Star break. It's three weeks yeah. away. Then you get nice, you get a nice little week off, no matter what. It's true. Uh, well, let's talk about this other key game in the Eastern Conference. Then we'll show you the standings. But Tatum scored thirty, came up with some late blocks, key blocks, as the Celtics held off the Pacers, one twenty nine, one twenty four. Entertaining. I mean, Celtics were rolling. They were up huge. Here come the Pacers. And then we had some, uh, you know, one-possession games there in the fourth quarter. Trey, your takeaways. I have a hard time taking away anything from Celtics uh, Pacers, specifically (laughs) because of the Pacers. Like, I don't think their games are real. (laughs) First half leads we know aren't real. They came back big time in the third quarter. But, like, what do you look at in this game and think, oh, yeah, that matters going forward? I don't know. Uh, Because... I saw uh, Jared Weiss's write-up at The Athletic, and the Celtics were talking about having great resiliency in this one and playing really well in the fourth quarter and giving great defensive effort. And I'm like, you took four layups that in the fourth quarter, but you still somehow pulled out a win. The Celtics should beat the Pacers, and that's what happened. Uh, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. I don't know. I, I had a hard time finding anything super interesting in this game. <laughs> I agree. I, I do think the only interesting thing is from other teams looking to trade for a guard in this week here i can't believe it's only a week yeah. but there are going to be just sort of those guards that just kind of help out your team i think kyle lowry will go help out a good team i think tj mcconnell could be had from the indiana pacers he's been their backup point guard all season he's been really really good yeah but andrew nebhard looks awesome right now he looks like a very 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 competent player here this is just year two for that guy but he was running the point guard at the end because they reduced tyrese halberton they, they had you know, a, a max on his minutes because mm-hmm. he's in, come back from his injury. But I think with Nemhard playing the way he is, TJ McConnell is available. And Nemhard's ahead of him on the pecking order. I get that. He's uh, TJ McConnell's 31. He's not on the Pacers' timeline. And I, I think other people would say, why would you trade him? He's kind of a depth guy. But a 31, I think you'll get the best value for him, um, even though he doesn't have a big contract next season. This might be the best time to trade him. Um, it's it's good money uh, if you want T.J. McConnell. And he's obviously helped out. There's teams out there, like the Lakers, for instance, that could just use any guard uh, to help out. But there's there's lots of guards showing off right now. You know, there's, there's the Lowrys, and we'll get to the Carusos. Like, those type of guys, uh, they're available. One of my takeaways was, uh, does Reggie Miller know that Derek White is going to be named an All-Star on Thursday night? How many times did he bring that up? Even Harlan was getting in on it. I'm convinced they know that he's going to be there. They said it so many times, or maybe Reggie's got a prop bet on it. I'm not sure, but uh, he had a good game here on national television. I also don't know when those ballots are even like submitted. Like, Are they doing it today? Are they already done? Uh, is it a moot point? But I think he, know, had we'll the, uh, he had the earbuds in for the TNT halftime show, 
and they talked about Derek White being a, uh, an all-star. So he thought, all right, this is good. <laughs> There's this a lot good. of talk I'm about go, it. Because in the third quarter, he turned it on. And yeah, the TNT halftime show, like Adam Lefko read some tweets from people that say, Derek White's got to be in the all-star yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> and sure, uh, he's obviously, he's amazing. And that block that he had in the quarter at the end of that game, Oh, that game, whole that defensive awesome. possession was sick from the Celtics with the switching and Drew shutting down guys and then Derek White, yeah, getting into the corner there on the block. That was, that was, that was cool. That was a great defensive possession there in a high-scoring game. But, yeah, a weird game. (laughs) Halliburton just didn't play the end as well, which would change things a little bit. (laughs) Just a little bit. Um, 19 offensive rebounds for the Pacers. That's a lot. And the Celtics afterwards were basically like, yeah, they play a crazy style. They're going to get offensive rebounds. And that's why it's hard for me to, like, Mm -hmm. value games against the Pacers because you're like – no game is going to be like this when it actually matters. Yeah, I think they're going to be an infuriating team when we get to the postseason. It'll depend on who they're playing, but like to like predict that series, whoever the Pacers are playing. I'll take whoever the Pacers are playing. Yeah, but will you take it in like four? Will you take it in a long series? Like that's because yeah. the way they play. You're right. Or or could they even be right for an upset? Well, we'll see. Well, let's show you the East standings. Tass, you've been calling this for weeks. You said I think the Knicks are going to. Going to catch the Sixers there. I think they're going to jump up there. You've been saying it for a while now, and they officially did it here after the results from last night. You know, Sixers dropping actually to fifth, uh, sort of with the the tie there with the Cavs in the four or five spot. You see the Pacers there in six, but Boston thirty-seven and eleven, Bucks four and a half back. So you know, some starting to gain a little bit of distance between those two teams, and then the Knicks third seed at thirty-one and seventeen. Again, they just they got to pretend February doesn't exist. Just. Tomorrow will be January 32nd to Knicks fans. Just keep rolling. Uh, and then the other games last night, uh, if you guys want to touch on any of them, Trey Young scored 26. The Hawks handed the Lakers another double-digit defeat, 138-122. Uh, and we got some LeBron emojis after this game late at night here in Atlanta. And uh, Gary Trent Jr. scored 24 to lead the Raptors to the 118-107 victory over Trey Kirby's <laughs> Chicago Bulls. Uh, you're shaking your head. I felt like Doc Rivers last night. I wouldn't wish this on anyone. <laughs> Coming in with two Raptors fans, they've given up on their team. Yep. They yeah. both had an option to go see him play here in Atlanta on Sunday. Pass. No, thank you. Nope. I would rather stay home and watch the Lions, they said. But <laughs> the Bulls went seven minutes without making a shot in the fourth quarter. I don't know how to figure this out using all the statistical tools on the internet. So this is a call to John Schumann because I want to see if the Bulls are the lead leader in four-minute-plus droughts in the fourth quarter because they have had so many of them where they just cannot get a field goal specifically. (laughs) But the game I thought was actually lost in the third quarter. The Raptors went crazy, shot 61%. They had 11 assists on 14 field goals, scored 37 points. Every one of them was a layup or a three-pointer because the Bulls could not stop any dribble penetration. I also thought Chicago just looked small in general. Patrick Williams is out for a couple of weeks with a bone bruise in his foot that they're saying will be healed with active rest. <laughs> I hadn't heard something like Actively that. rest, <laughs> yes. I guess Since just uh, don't do rookie, of, rookie of the Year, Daniel Stern. You know what I think it is? Hot ice. (laughs) (laughs) Active rest. I love it. But he's out. Uh, Torrey Craig is out. And Dalen Terry sprained his ankle as well. So anybody on the Bulls who is from like 6'4 to 6'9 could not play last night. And they just look tiny. But it was also the Tasmellis trap game. Mm. First game back after a road trip. Often goes poorly. It's the first bad Bulls loss since basically November. A bad loss. Uh, But it happened to me. 
Yeah, I'm <laughs> I, I mean, man. like, especially like a double trap game because the Raptors are coming in without their starting center still in Pirtle, then no Barrett, then no Quickly. I mean, it's Barebones team that sort of, if you've seen the Raptors play recently, they don't look all that inspiring. I thought they were out of this game. I mean, I was. I had tweets ready to go, like, look, TK, you got us this year. Your Bulls are 100 <laughs> times better than our Raptors. And I held off on it. I was like, ah, we'll see what happens here in the second half. And, yeah, suddenly the Bulls were, excuse me, the Raptors were back in the lead and sort of pulled away and got the easy victory. Thad Young revenge game? This guy was balling as the starting setter for the Raps. Yeah, it almost felt like March in the NBA where you watch the third string of your team here and yeah. you say, all right, let's go, baby, because Jordan Wara was rocking it. Yeah, <laughs> hit, this guy's hit. playing really well. He's More like Michael it. Jordan Wara. He was playing well. Jalen McDaniels' site, uh, who was helping out a little bit. Things were odd. Grady Dick is, is doing his thing. He's playing minutes here, but... I, he didn't score. Yeah, he didn't, <laughs> doing his which, thing. which was weird. Uh, he only took one shot. How is he supposed to score if he doesn't take one shot? Uh, the <laughs> That's Bulls, his thing. The Bulls were guarding. The Bulls were guarding a little bit. I, I think it is. It, it's a, ba- a bad sign for the Raps that they win because top six, they keep their pick. And so I was watching. I almost w- wanted to know when are they going to pull the plug? Because obviously, uh, Pirtle has been out for 11 games. Quickly, that was his third straight missing game with a thigh injury. And R.J. Barrett as well. Then they lost Jonte Porter, their backup center in this game. Yeah, they're kind of dwindling. Do you want to pull the plug? They still are the sixth worst record in the NBA, so they're going to finish somewhere around there anyways, I guess. Uh, and then you look at the uh, the Bulls with with the Nets um, doing what they're doing. They're playing really well. They're coming for that play-in tournament position. They're coming for it right now. Uh, so Alex Caruso was obviously playing hard. He didn't shoot all that well, but I wonder if the Alex Caruso plug has been pulled. Maybe you gotta maybe you gotta trade him mm. if you're a tourist. If you want if you want something for Caruso, now is the time, I imagine, to do it. The weirdest stat I saw regarding the Raptors last night: they recorded at least 25 assists in 30 consecutive games, tying the longest such streak in NBA history. This Raptors team, with a very bad record, at least racks up those assists in the game. Uh, they tied the 84-85 Lakers for the longest streak, 30 games straight here with 25 plus assists. So one more game. And it belongs to us. Legendary. That's real, that one, with the record, especially. But Got a Schumann stat here. Yeah. Bulls actually have the league's sixth-ranked fourth-quarter offense. Okay. That's not well, the question, though. No, no, but... I want to know about the droughts, because <laughs> they could have the first-ranked offense if they didn't go yeah. half a quarter without scoring. Yeah, that was that was wild. So 118-107, Raptors. And then, any thoughts here on the Lakers? I know uh, they're sort of going to come back up in Tweet of the Night, but any on anything from that game? The DeJounte Murray, D'Angelo Russell, <laughs> hugging after the they game. Out we might be traded. Who knows? Maybe I'm going to the Nets. They uh, should have done a jersey swap. That would have been so funny. <laughs> and like put them on. Put them hey, on. Good. Share all yeah. the Photoshop boys from having to do that, that Photoshop when they're inevitably <laughs> traded. That's a great idea. 26 fast break points for the Hawks. 68 points in the paint. They also dominated on the glass. 12 offensive rebounds for 21 second chance points. And L.A. went 2 for 13 in the first half from 3. This was a dominant victory for the Hawks and an absolute dud for the Lakers who either want a trade or a firing to happen. That's what it is right now with the Lakers. They need a change, but (laughs) we still got a week until the trade deadline, so... What's happening in this next week? Yeah. Is it, oh, you're saying the ham might be cooked. It might be cooked. Might. I think I think the Lakers players 
in particular have been getting out the ingredients and <laughs> sharpening their knives for quite some time, Skeets. Wow. They're just waiting to put it in the oven, and they can't believe that Rob Polinka hasn't came home yet to get <laughs> dinner started. Mm. Yeah. We'll see here. I mean, DeJounte had a great game. If he's going to be traded to the Lakers. Uh, good audition. Good audition. Exactly. D-Lo, not so much. No, he, he doesn't said, want to be traded. No, 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 no. You don't want me here. <laughs> but that might mean he might go to Brooklyn if we have a three-team deal here. If if Dinwiddie and a pick is coming back to Atlanta, that's the slop making its way around right now. Yeah, if they're going to strengthen their sort of middle to the end of the rotation, Maybe they're playing poorly on purpose just to get that done because they've given up 138 and 135 in their last two games. And maybe maybe it just feels like that time. Um, I don't think they're really going to tear it up um, by any means. But maybe they can give up a pick. Maybe they're just trying to show Rob Palenka, hey, we're in the play-in tournament right now. We got to the conference finals last year. Can you can you short up a little bit? We don't want to finish in 11th. Uh, well, when the LeBron emojis start flying, you gotta you gotta start to Not great. take note here that something's probably gonna be happening. Whether it's ham, whether it's a move for a player like DeJounte or something, we'll see. All right, let's uh let's take a break and when we come back we'll get into uh, a bunch of NBA news and notes, including stuff around the All Star weekend. Don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily with twenty four seven US based live customer service from Discover Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at Fidelity.com baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Okay, the NBA announced the 28 players who have earned spots to compete in the 2024 Rising Stars, which is going to take place on Friday night of All-Star Weekend. Don't worry, it's after our live show. It's a 9 p.m. Eastern start. They get started late on the Friday night. Uh, the annual showcase of Young Talent will once again feature a mini tournament with four teams and three games. And JD, you can start going through the rosters here because the player pool consists of 11 NBA rookies, obviously led by Wemby and Chet. And we got 10 second year players. Those are your sophomores, Paolo, Matherin, and so on. And then seven NBA G League players. Uh, those are actually selected by um, the league office, the G League office. And uh, they will they will just make up a team. You see, uh, you know, dunk contest uh, champion Mac McClung on this squad. He's going to be in theory dunking again, so he'll be there. Hope Oscar Shibway gets the game ball. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice! <laughs> yes, oh! that's where you've seen that name before. That's where you've seen it. Um, so, for those that don't remember, yeah, these the 21 NBA players, the rookies, the sophomores, they're drafted onto three seven-player teams, and then again, there's the seven-player uh, G League team. We've got coaches Pal Gasol coming back as one of the coaches. We got uh, 10-time WNBA All-Star Tamika Catchings and former Pacers Jalen Rosen, Detlef Schrempf. 
Nice. Yeah, Shrimp has got the the G League team. So yeah, we have this whole final target score thing where uh, you know the game has to end on a made basket or a made free throw instead of the clock running out. So the semifinal games will be played to a final target score of forty, and the championship game will be played to a final target score of twenty five. It's gonna be a late night. If they start <laughs> at nine, you're gonna have three games. Yeah, that's busy. The Powell Gasol. And Tamika Kadjian, a couple of Hall of Famers are probably going to be up to like 1230. That's three games. That's a lot of games. <laughs> no, they move pretty quickly from what I can remember. Yeah, they actually do. They, they play till they're 40. you got to score 40 points yeah. to win those semifinal games. Yeah. So they're quick. Not a ton of defense being then played. It's, just 20, right. it's 25 in the finals. That's right. It's weird. Yeah, because yeah, there's someone like you saying it's going to go on too long. But it will. I mean, Paul <laughs> Gasol, Tamika, Jalen, Detlef, have fun out there. Um, but there's lots of good players in this game. Is there, were there any, dare I ask it, any snubs <laughs> from the uh, you know the rookies and sophomore list that you were like, what the hell? Or so-and-so? We couldn't spare a single Thompson twin? That was a little weird. Yeah. I'm a, I just think it's a little odd uh, just to spread the wealth. Like, I probably would have picked a Sar Thompson over Cason Wallace. As a rookie. Okay. Kaysen Wallace has been great, no doubt about it. Not anything about him, but there's three Thunder in this game. Yeah. It would be three Pistons, but it's all they got, man. It's almost like, I don't know, It's almost you almost would it'd be sort of fun if the Thompson uh, twins are going head-to-head in one of these sure, little mini-games, too. It looks like that fun little storyline, but yeah, neither yeah. of them getting selected. Could be the, the NBA promoting the G League a little bit more rather than the overtime elite option because you've got you've got you got the g league guys playing in this one but there's the g league up next game on sunday where there's a ton of players four teams of seven players there and like eight members of the g league ignite playing in that one which is a little odd that's like the whole g league ignite team playing out there anyway so i think they're pushing that they're pushing the g league hey come do this thing instead of college but overtime elite yeah it's good. But I man. am, uh, you know, I've said it a million times. I think I'm saying it for all of us, too. We're like, we're all-star weekend sickos. We enjoy it. We love going to it, watching most of it. But I, even I will admit, the Friday night portion here of all-star weekend, as time has gone on, I've become less and less interested in the rising stars, like, tournament, <laughs> I guess we're calling it now. And maybe it's because we have things going on Friday night, you know, like our live show. But I just, I don't know. It's the one thing I don't care if I miss. Well, hold on. The celebrity game, I absolutely don't care if I miss because we're never in it. Uh, but this has sort of now been lumped in there with, with it. Well, the Bulls and Raptors haven't had a good rookie in a long time either. Well, yeah, I guess. You'll be changing Scotty. your tune if they get the third pick in the draft next year. <laughs> no. I can't wait for this Rising Stars game. The thing I'm most excited about, Skeets, you kind of mentioned it yesterday. we got to start brainstorming nicknames and calls for when we do a G League Ignite game. This is going to give us a good chance. Uh, oh, that's music to my ears. Ron Holland's opus. Oh, nice one. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. big jam. All eyes on Itan Almanza. Oh, that's a good name. Yeah, and then my favorite, oh, Friday night, how about some Matas Buzelas with the fellas? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, okay. Well, this guy's getting ready for our March 3rd game here when we're calling the uh, Skyhawks versus the G League at night. Yeah, I was looking up the Buzelas as an instrument. You played it perfectly. You played it perfectly. Um, but I am a little excited. It's for This is for the sickos at 9 o'clock. And, you're right, and Wemby's in this. Yes, I mean, Wemby's that alone should be must-watch. Wemby, Chet, Brandon Miller... Keontae George has been awesome for the Jazz. Yeah. Jaime Haikas, just a very weird photo there. It looks like he's got a sunglasses tan in that photo yeah, that yeah. they threw out there. But J-Dub, hopefully he's back. Keegan Murray, Jalen Duran. The Palabon Caro inclusion is interesting to me. I'm I'm reading into this a little too much, but I wonder if this means he's not making the All-Star team just because you're, you're, you've got to play on Friday. Mm. I know guys do play on Friday and then Sunday as well at times. There have been 
guys who played in this uh, before. I think Zion is one of them. Anyways, there have been. So it doesn't necessarily mean he's not making it, but they know. They know. Mm. Maybe Reggie knows. Let's ask Reggie Miller. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. One, one of my favorite quirks from them announcing this yesterday is uh, the NBA All-Star Twitter account was like releasing them one by one. Like, okay, you know, Wemby making his first Rising Stars appearance and Chet Holmgren making his first Rising Stars appearance. And then it said, Scoot Henderson making his third Rising Stars appearance. And you saw the comments. Everyone's like, That's got to be a typo. Who screwed that up? What? Well, no, it's true. Scoot Henderson, as a member of those G League teams uh, for two years prior, this is his third year in this thing. He's going to set the record next year, in theory, when he makes his fourth (laughs) Rising Stars game as a sophomore. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This guy is a vet when it comes Mm -hmm. to this. They got to retire his jersey like Nate Robinson at Summer League. (laughs) Please do. (laughs) I'm sure they're all completely different jerseys, though. Yeah, they are. crazy Rising Stars jerseys. They are indeed. Oh, I mean, yeah, even like the sponsor every year is different. Last year was Clorox. (laughs) This year is Panini. Two years ago, I got even no clue. I don't know. Wow. Taco Bell, maybe? No, I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. Did I blow your well, mind? I didn't with know that? Panini. I didn't know Panini. Yeah, Panini Rising Stars. Mm, tasty. I purposely left it out. But no, not that Panini. Oh. Cards. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just the just genre a food. of food. We just want to get it out there. The All Star Game, sponsored by oranges. <laughs> the dunk contest, sponsored by lasagna. Um, all right. Moving on, but sticking with All-Star Weekend, it's official. NBA all-time three-point leader, Steph Curry, and WNBA single-season three-point record, Sabrina Ionescu, will compete in a three-point contest at All-Star Weekend on February 17th. That's Saturday night. And I had forgotten that Saturday night, we're getting out of the Pacers arena and we're going in to the football stadium, the Lucas Oil Stadium. I had totally forgotten about that. So Friday night... Gainbridge, Saturday, Lucas Oil for all this stuff, and then back on Sunday to the Pacers Arena. Oh, who will be singing? Up. There'll be somebody singing in that football stadium. <laughs> uh, Isn't some... it like cut in half, too? Remember the setup we saw? There was a photo going around a long yeah, time. Yeah, you're probably right. It was like a partition. It was like a concert on once. I don't know. It was yeah, I think weird. you might be right. Oh, for a Saturday, right. Yeah. When did we see Alicia Keys playing in Dallas, JD? That was All-Star that Game, was... wasn't it? That was the game, I think. Yeah, was the game, yeah. I think yeah, so. Yeah, so there'll probably be more people there. She's, well, they... she's played twice. Uh-huh. <laughs> I saw her in Dallas. I can't remember where I didn't see her. Matt was had me in the bowels looking for something or somebody oh. to shoot. <laughs> that was the only thing I wanted to see. I was like, Matt, whatever whatever happens, I just want to see Alicia play. Uh. He was like, he felt really bad. He was he was like, oh, really? I am so sorry. Oh. Yeah, that won't happen this year, J.D., yeah, we don't know. I forget. Wait, do we even no, know you, who you're going to You'll be asked to go into the, the doldrums of the stadium, but I'm sure somebody will get the money. Oh, I'll be at Jerome. will have me down there, 100%. <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, okay, back to this news here. So Curry, we did learn. Curry's going to shoot from the NBA three-point line with NBA basketballs, and uh, Ionescu is going to shoot from the WNBA three-point line with WNBA balls. Just for those that maybe don't know, NBA line at the top, 23 feet, 9 inches, and sort of tapers to, what, 22 feet in the corners. WNBA's arc, slightly shorter, 22 feet, 1.75 inches at the top. And then, you know, basically, it's more uniform. It's 22 feet uh, sort of in the corners. But after all the rules were announced, Sabrina jumps on X and says, I'll shoot from the NBA line. Let's get it. So... I don't know what that means. I don't know if they're going to stick to the rules and she'll do the WNBA line or not, but 
this is cool. I mean, we already talked about it, so we don't need to go in detail, but a, a, a cool addition here to, to Saturday night. I'm fascinated to see where they put it in the lineup of things, like before the actual three-point contest? It's on the graphic, I think. Oh, where? so they're putting it before it's in, or after? It's after the three-point, before the dunk contest. Oh, interesting. I believe, I believe. Interesting. Let me double-check that. Let me double-check. All right. So here we go. Steph versus Sabrina. Cool. Who you got taking it? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I had forgotten about the Lucas Oil factor as well. Yeah. It's hard to shoot in a big old yeah. arena like that. Uh, I'll take Sabrina. Okay. Why not? That's a good move. Uh, I, I do think they'll be shooting at the same time, I imagine. They'll put Sabrina on one side of the floor and you Steph so? at the best no. side. Yeah, why not? No. Because then they're just shooting one time. Anyways, yeah. I, guess, I guess they will be set up on either side of the court because Sabrina will be shooting with WNBA balls and be shooting at a slightly slightly longer shot. It's not really all that much longer. No. The corners are exactly the same yeah. as NBA quarters, and then it slopes slightly towards the half where it's about a foot and a half longer uh, as you get right to the top. So Sabrina's going to kill it. She's going to kill it, I'm sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know if the NBA just says, okay, come shoot the NBA side because <laughs> you want to. Um but she'll be she'll be great. She obviously uh, has the record in in either of the contests, going twenty five of twenty seven, <laughs> which is incredible in the two thousand twenty three All Star three point shootout, thirty seven points. I guess Curry's tied for the record, right? Didn't Halliburton tie him with thirty one points be, yeah. uh, in the contest? But he's won it twice, and uh, here we go. How many I, times has he participated? A ton. He's been in it like six or seven times. I want to say Steph Curry. Like he doesn't, yeah, he hasn't, you know, won it every time he's been in it for sure. Yeah, so he, he gets there on Saturday and he's warmed up. He knows how to do this. Like sometimes you win, sometimes you don't in this thing. So I don't know if he's going to be in the NBA three point contest, but this yeah. is this is just Sabrina's second being a, a second year player. So she doesn't have that experience, like I guess. But I don't know if that really matters. Well, that's funny you say that. I saw Sabrina Merchant, the uh, WNBA staff writer at the Athletic. She's like, she's she's pumped about it. Like this whole thing, but she said, "I'm a little disappointed that we didn't get to see Curry go up against the real WNBA three-point shootout goat, Allie Quigley, mm. while she was still playing, because she was winning this time after time after time." That's a, a fair point, but anyway, we'll see how uh, the other Sabrina does versus Steph, and uh, and what type of uh, yeah. Well, I mean, my only concern is like it's a three-point shooting contest, right? Like we see it in the real thing, men or women's. Great shooters just have like rough, rough nights. They just can't find the bottom of the net, and you wonder how they'll set this up. Is it literally just like, all right, Steph, one go for you. All right, Sabrina, one go for you. And if it's like one of them, <laughs> one of them knocks it out of the park and scores thirty plus points, and the other just for whatever reason can't get into the rhythm. Yeah, it's got to be, be disappointing, mo- I guess. It's got to be more than one round. I would think so. Like- but are they just gonna add them up? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, confirmed, by the way. It's it's happening immediately following the Starry Three Point Contest. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> immediately. I'm so, I added immediately. Okay. It mm. will follow the standard Starry. Do you like Do you like contest. the placement of it? Yeah, I do. I think this is like it's going to be a showstopper because we don't know. This could be the highlight of the night. Absolutely. It uh, could. Because yeah. the dunk contest was garbage last year. <laughs> and it's no offense. To well, the dunk well, last year's was actually. Dare I say good well, compared okay. to some of the previous ones. Yeah, that's ones. true. Yeah. That's true. But, yeah, this is going to be the event that people are the most curious about. Yeah. 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 It's good they didn't do it before the three-point contest or 
around the skills challenge because that's when no one's really paying attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. During yeah. the skills challenge, this is a there's more eyeballs happening. And now knowing that it's coming after the three point contest, I would assume Steph Curry is not in the actual men's three point contest because that'd be like a the disadvantage for Sabrina would it not? Yeah, this guy's like would have up. he would have done multiple times on the court here already. Probably not. That's not fair. So probably yeah, not. I imagine. Uh, Starry, what what type of food is that? A dessert? No. I've seen it as a cookie. <laughs> Lots of cookies at Trader Joe's that are stars. Mm. It's a drink. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, the okay. biggest drink. The biggest Greek. drink in All Star Weekend history. Yeah, you probably took down. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I don't a twelve that. pack. I don't yeah, drink that. I saw you in like, your yeah, hotel room. You I drink Spritey, bud. <laughs> With my panini sandwich. No, you're right. It was, wasn't was Jerome going around collecting all the starries? Oh, yeah. He, he had a starry <laughs> tooth that weekend. Oh, well, he was sick. He was sick, to be fair. He was sick. He, he was needed sick. that He had beverage. the altitude, yeah. altitude sickness, so uh, he needed the starry. What? They make a Starry Zero, though, I think. Yeah, I got some in the fridge, Tess. You want uh, one? Yeah, I don't want the sugary ones. Yeah. Crack one. Hit yeah, it crack up. Crack one up. Okay, uh, next piece of news here. The NBA announced that the Warriors, Steph Curry, and the Lakers secured the top spots on the NBA's most popular jersey and team merchandise lists, respectively, based on NBAstore.com sales for the first half of the 23-24 regular season. Here you see the top-selling NBA jerseys. This, again, in uh, in America, or NBAstore.com. Steph Jason Tatum, that's the highest ranking he's ever had on the most popular jersey list. LeBron, still number three. And Wembenyama, highest ranking on the most popular jersey list for a rookie since? This is tough. Did you see it? Yeah. Yeah, I would have never guessed it. It's a big city player. That sort of makes sense. (laughs) Big city (laughs) player. A big guy, too. Oh, not Lonzo Ball. No. Not a little older. You don't, you probably, he made the all-star team with this. This team that yeah. he played on, but then he got hurt. So I don't think he played in the All-Star game. I would have taken literally 50 guesses to get this, but it's... It was por- surprising. It's Porzingis. <laughs> That's a little surprising. Okay. Yeah, okay. as a rookie. Well, so, Wemby fourth, and then Giannis, Luka, Booker, KD, Maxi, Lillard, John Morant, Embiid, LaMelo Ball, Jokic, and Fox. Any any takeaways or anything jump out to you? Tatum at two. Apparently, that's the highest he's ever been. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great. And uh, the kids still love Steph. Yep. Trey, what do you think? Kids still love Steph. Kids still love Ja. Kids still love LaMelo Ball. The guy's barely been on the court the past two seasons, but nice-looking jersey. And he did switch numbers not too long ago. But, man, the big takeaway is obviously Wembenyama is already a face of the league. Yeah. The guy's played half a season already, and it seems like he gets better every minute he's on the floor. Uh, It's just a matter of time before he is number one on this list because – the rest of the top five is guys who have been established and have been wearing the same jersey for quite some time. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? LeBron gets slick with it. Thing but, to yeah. be. Like, Steph Curry's been wearing that exact same yeah. jersey, same number, same style for a decade now, but people are still coming out and buying them. Also, I thought it was interesting uh, that Maxi has sold more jerseys than Embiid. Yep. Embiid's yep. obviously the star, but Maxi, a telegenic guy. Top 10 for Maxi yeah. is really impressive. I like to see even Fox cracking the top 15, like those guys getting in there. But yeah, that's a... Great point on Curry having basically the same jersey. Yeah. I know they, well, maybe that's a part of uh, Nike and the NBA releasing a million different jerseys every year. That's a good point. It's not necessarily sure. that just that blue number 30, but uh, yeah. And uh, because we are pro-Poutine here on No Dunks, let's take a quick look at the top-selling jerseys according to NBAstore.ca. Because <laughs> Scotty Barnes comes in at number one, LeBron two, Steph three, huh, Pascal Siakam. Hey. Uh, I don't think that's for Pacers jerseys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something tells me those are the Raptors jerseys. But uh, highest uh, Canadian on the list is uh, Shea Gildas-Alexander at number 11. 
What you'd like to see higher? You think would be higher? I I wonder if a part of that's maybe the Thunder jersey doesn't ins- you know it's not the sexiest jersey in the world. But <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm just getting ahead of myself. But we'll see. Any thoughts, TK or sorry, Tass on on the Canadian top selling jerseys? NBA Store CA. If you want to head on over there, this is where you buy your jerseys. Number fifteen. Dick, Grady Dick, yeah. uh, doing his thing as a rap. Uh, he's barely played with the raps. He's starting to get his uh, into the rotation now, yeah. though. That's why the second half, I think that that Dick jersey will increase. Uh, but uh, all these guys. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Wow. In the morning? Uh, all these. Are you going to take some pills? <laughs> Maybe that's a little personal, but. <laughs> the, the pills part? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyways, yeah, Victor Wembanyama also doing well right there. Just shows how good. Victor Wembanyama is. Did you see Wemby on the on the the interview last night with the TNT yeah. with Lefko and Crawford and and Vince and Candace Parker? I mean, like it speaks to what you're saying. Like face of the league, and it won't be long. He's got personality, My already, man. God, yeah. that's funny. That was a great interview. <laughs> like so much fun stuff. Like talking about the the dribble moves with with uh, Jamal Crawford. Yeah, Jamal Crawford named his own move the Crawford. Yeah, <laughs> respect. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jamal Crawford here. Can you do the Jamal Crawford? <laughs> oh yeah, I can do it. He's, hopefully he does. That'd be awesome. Uh, my only other prediction about the Canadian thing is that we'll see R.J. Barrett on that list next year. Yeah, yeah, NBA. Oh, yeah, yeah right. Yep. In that, a Raptors jersey, that's for right. sure, for sure. NBA store.ca if you're looking for jerseys. Uh, I do, I do <laughs> a lot like of ads see, in this show. <laughs> I do like see, I know. What else do you want to talk about? Yeah, yeah. Um, Orange juice. Starry. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, Weminyama becomes a Hall of Famer, it will be fitting that he's right beside LeBron James in that U.S. ranking there because he could be the best rookie since LeBron James, and that's why he's up there. There is – all that talk when he was drafted. Oh, this guy is the most anticipated rookie since LeBron 20 freaking years ago. And so he's awesome. Uh, he is fun. He doesn't never gets hyper. He doesn't play video games, apparently. He, <laughs> apparently, he just reads books. He's a bright kid. Even when we, we watched him uh, talk or point at the bat, like he wasn't panicked when there was a bat <laughs> flying around in the arena. He he's like, I've read about this. <laughs> I, I know the local the local bat spot whatever that yeah, whatever yeah. that's called what was the, what was the <laughs> cave called uh bracken cave yeah that's it. local bat spot local bat hot he's like spot. hold on that looks like a bat from bracken cave <laughs> <laughs> read about that one yeah yeah it's in the encyclopedia which i read every night <laughs> no he's bracken he is great cave. and uh you know just to tie this all together when Minyama in the rising stars game he's probably going to try and do the jamal crawford in that game oh yeah like that would should. be the perfect time to to bust it out yeah let's see some weird dribble moves yeah Okay. Uh, anyway, there we go. We'll take a break here. When we come back, TK's got Tweet of the Night. Okay, before we wrap up today's podcast, Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Tweet uh. TK, you're taking us back to the Lakers here. Yeah, buddy. Love to give an NBA player Tweet of the Night. Christian Wood coming through with us. Just three letters, Skates. LOL. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this was 10 minutes before tip-off. <laughs> right. And no Anthony Davis playing. Jackson no Hayes Davis. getting the start. Yep. Starters were announced, and Christian Wood hit us with an LOL. <laughs> Tossed off pretty quickly because it's a capital L and then a lowercase yeah. LOL. Followed up later on by Jovan Buha here of The Athletic, who asked Christian Wood about this after the game. Jovan tweeted, Christian Wood said he meant to quote tweet a tweet but accidentally didn't and just tweeted LOL. He said the tweet wasn't meant to come off as it did. Okay, follow-up question. 
What was the tweet? What was the tweet? What was the funny tweet? What was that funny tweet you wanted to <laughs> LOL? I saw, I think it was Silver Screen and Roll, did an investigation. Christian Wood has not quote tweeted since 2022. Yeah. Okay. So he's rusty. He's just a he doesn't oh, yeah. know how to do it. Yeah. But I also love that this is the explanation. No, 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 no. I wasn't laughing about our coach not starting me. I was just checking my phone on Twitter <laughs> right before the game started. That one's totally cool. That's totally fine to be doing. Um, but this was maybe not even the worst tweets that happened for the Lakers because later on, like you're saying, Skeets, LeBron just tweeted an hourglass with the sand trickling down. Yeah. And I would say it looked a little bit more full on the low side. <laughs> <laughs> Time's running out. Yeah, yeah, it's not good there in Lakerland after those back-to-back losses and and just getting blown out and giving up a ton of points. And I mean, you saw them without Anthony Davis and how important he is to their defense. But uh, I, I look. The only thing I'll say about this, LOL, I, I don't buy it. I believe he was commenting on the fact that he wasn't starting with no AD. But these players do, you, you know, they share a lot of their social media accounts with their team, right? You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. either either you know family members or just people in their crew and so I always sometimes I always like I want to go crazy but I'm like you know maybe that's maybe that's a buddy <laughs> tweeting <laughs> you know again from Christian Wood's account but he's it laughing be, at it. I, you know there's always that possibility but. I think Jovan did ask him do you usually tweet right before the game oh, okay. to get under his skin as well like to, to find out yeah uh, because yeah I think it is literally looking at it I, th- I think it's 20 minutes <laughs> um, before the before the game, but he didn't actually try and repost anything. Let's be honest here. No, you don't screw no. up either reposting or retweeting or recommenting anything with just an LOL. There is no uh, existence of another post. Like, you know, you'd have to kick or press repost. Yeah. So it, it's it's very unlikely reading into it. Uh, Usually, these passive aggressive, uh, you know, social media comments, I guess to call them, they I find that they generally come in Instagram stories, and then people screen grab them. Yeah. So for him just to go straight to the uh, <laughs> to the X, like we're still living in the uh, Twitter glory days, just LOL. You know, I gotta almost respect that. Just a was, simple LOL. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because usually it's like someone, oh look at that, look at that. Oh, I screen grabbed that. Now it's gone. Um, but no. He's pissed. Did he have a right to be? Jackson Hayes starting over him? Probably. Yeah. 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 I mean, Jackson I sort of Hayes so has too. basically been out of the rotation yeah. for the Lakers. And Ham's theory, I suppose, is we want to keep our bench the same. Uh, but the problem with the Lakers is that they've kept their bench the same for such a long time. So, I don't know. It seemed like the Lakers were out of it before the game even started. And maybe it starts with the LOL tweet. Maybe it starts with Darvin Ham coming in and writing the starters on the board. And everybody's seen us like, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. They don't seem like a happy team right now. No, for sure. no, no, no. So uh, we will we'll wait around here today, find out about the results to Embiid's knee injury, and hopefully that's nothing severe, and, and whether or not anything happens here with the Lakers. Be it Coach Ham, be it a trade. Like, the, the slop's been pretty quiet. When you think about it, like the trade rumors, like obviously they kicked up there for a while, but over the last couple of days, it's like there's not a whole lot. And is that the the quiet before the storm here with the deadline? What'd you say, Tess? It's yeah, it's like a, a week. week from tomorrow. Yeah, a week from tomorrow, and LeBron does have a player option next season. Oh if, boy! If, oh boy! Easy KOC. Well, no, I'm just I I don't think they're not gonna be they're not gonna trade LeBron. I think that is KOC's <laughs> what you were talking about there. But well. he has a player option. If his son gets drafted by somebody else, he can walk away from this contract to go play with Bronny. Hmm? 
that could be his last year. I don't see why it wouldn't be his last year. I know he's absolutely incredible, but this is freaking 21 years of basketball. 22 is probably his last one. So why not? Why not <laughs> no, opt out? I, I know I know he's can opt into $51 million. $51 million. She's got to take it. The dude's a billionaire. He doesn't need $51 million. That's actually, I, that doesn't mean anything to him. Uh, every penny counts if you're trying to buy an NBA team down the line. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but the other team will sign him to something. No, I don't. That's, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. All right, well, let's call it there. Uh, lots of good games on tonight. Some weird ones, if I'm being honest, on the national TV schedule. It's all these, like, uh, guy returning home games on ABC and ESPN. Suns Nets. KD. Did you hear him saying, you better not give me a tribute video? Do not video. give me one. Oh, God, I hope they give him one. I agree so with Nets bad. frequent. That's what he said. We're on the same page. Yeah. So he doesn't want to see that. We'll find out. That's on ABC, so you got that storyline. And then Bucks Blazers, that's Damian Lillard going home to play in front of Portland on ESPN. I saw Blazers reporters were speculating that uh, Damian Lillard is soft-launching a return to the Blazers later in his career when mm. things are over. Mm. And, you know, I mean, like, similar to what Kyle Lowry has talked about, he wants to do, sure. come back at some point. But, uh, yeah, I guess game two for Doc Rivers. Uh, one of the funniest things I saw this week, I read the AP report about Doc about the Bucks game after they played Bucks Nuggets, and this is obviously Doc coaching his first game, returning. So much like a player... They kind of are describing what Doc Rivers is doing out there, but they're like, he alternated between squatting and standing. He clapped his hands and at one point talked to assistant coach Dave Yeager. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, yeah, sounds, like, sounds like he's coaching. <laughs> Hard to make that sound super exciting. <laughs> I was rolling. Imagine it was like, at one point he just lied down and took off his shoes. And it's like all these <laughs> yeah. weird things. Like, uh... <laughs> like action calls for Doc Rivers. He called a timeout. <laughs> yeah, Yeager. Yeager sits beside on him. On the, or beside him on the yeah. bench. They're close. They're close. Prunty, two seats down. Oh. You'd rather have a Jaeger. But those are the games, again, like I said, that are on uh, national television. But we've got Mavs Wolves, Nuggets Thunder, you know, Pelicans Rockets even is intriguing. Kings Heat with the Heat, the way they're playing in the slide. So uh, what I'm saying is here might be some playback in store tonight. Uh, so join our playback room and you'll know then if we're going live and maybe it'd be fun to catch uh, some of the second half action, especially for like Nugs, Thunder, Mavs, Timberwolves and bounce around a little bit. So keep an eye on that. Uh, but until either playback or tomorrow here from the Classic Factory, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, legends like to play with their old team as we just went through. Kyle Lowry's got to play with Toronto. Joey Votto has got to go to the Blue Jays. He didn't play there, but he's Canadian. Sign there. It's like Steve Nash. Get there. Get there, Joey. Sign him. Brace the day, people.